0: Nobody's guaranteed to be able to do something they love as a profession. And so every time I get a new project, every time I get cast in a theater show, every time, um, you know, I, I get cast in a, a video game, every time that happens, that's
1: such a huge success. That's Alex sharing quite a profound look at what it means to be a performer. Alex is an actor, puppeteer, voice actor, and motion capture performer, among other things. Given that I love to talk about just about anything and couldn't help but ask Alex about movies and TV shows, this episode of Player Characters is a little bit different. But I had fun and I learned a lot and I hope you will too. My name is Seven Son and this is Player Characters. Hi, Alex. Welcome to Player Characters. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my mission here with this podcast is to inspire people to get a job in video games by, by talking to people who are, who've who already done that in, in some way. And that could be developers, artists, journalists, content creators, meaning YouTubers, streamers, or, or something else entirely, like you maybe. Uh, yep. And we've probably all heard this idea that it takes 10,000 hours to get good at something. Uh, but with an industry and a media that is, that is just so as young as video games, I, I think to myself, 10,000 hours of, of what exactly? Um, <laughs> And also because it's such a young feel, it, it seems to me that, that most of the professionals are, are self-made in some way. There are not a lot of schools to, to get into video games, not unless it's, it's like the old school 3D, um, artist stuff. So, so I love to hear the stories about how, how people got into, to making video games or, or started doing that. So tell me a little bit about uh, yourself and what it is that you do.
0: Well, I am an actor. Uh, my background is in what's called physical theater. So I trained in a school that uh, had a lot of focus on movement and there was a lot of work with masks and the body in space and um, creature movement and that sort of thing. Um, and over time, I've just uh, trained in a lot of different skills. So um, uh, stage fighting, sword fighting, that sort of thing. And uh, in a roundabout way, that led me to looking at motion capture for video games and um, because it's, uh, it's it's an interesting digital extension of what I was kind of already doing um, in you know an, an older performance style, just live work on stage.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, interesting, interesting. And I really want to get into that like the how and the why of that. but let's let's start mm-hmm. from from the very beginning. What's, what's your first mm-hmm. memory of, of video games? My first memory of video games would have to be
0: playing Super Mario Brothers on the original Nintendo system. Uh. Um, I think I was quite young at the time, so I probably played through the first three levels over and over and over again. Um, and you know, maybe if I was over at a friend's house, we'd see you know some older brother would beat beat the game, beat Bowser, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and I just um, I remember. Just really enjoying playing the game, um, enjoying the sounds, the way that the the coins sounded when they when they flipped, the fun <laughs> of going down the pipe, and then you know the the weird music underground with the I don't know the subterranean goombas and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, something something really sticks the like the, the like silver quality of the bricks in in the castles is something that really always um, made an impression on me for some reason. But yeah, it's very much, uh, you know, child memories of Mm. just sort of little bits and pieces of, you know, yeah, just impressions of the game basically.
1: Yeah. That's interesting, actually. I think uh, for my uh, well handful of guests now, they've all said either the original Super Mario or Super Mario Bros. Three. <laughs> I okay. think that that is basically where everybody uh, started. That's that's kind of interesting. Now, some started with Sega games, but uh, that's sure. there's definitely a, a a common theme there. But yeah, so like you're 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 an actor. You you I, I'm looking at your your CV here and just lots of different stuff that you've done (laughs) you talked about how the physical performance and stuff so so how and, and why did you did you get started working with with video games well um how did it happen i
0: think there was a bit of um a bit of a sort of right place at the right time sort of lucky thing that happened with me um Where I, about eight years ago, I moved, I'm from the U.S. originally, Mm -hmm. Uh, about eight years ago, I moved to London, England to study the physical performance stuff that I studied. Um, And then, you know, along the way for different shows, I started picking up fighting skills and, um, you know, did certifications in stage fighting and that sort of thing. And then at some point, I think I must have been watching, you know, one of the uh, behind the scenes things for Lord of the Rings or something like that. And, and. Just sort of realized, you know, what Andy Serkis was doing with Gollum was, was quite amazing from an, from an actor's standpoint. And it was a, a perfect logical extension of the, the mask work that I'd already been doing. Um, I'm also a puppeteer, a trained puppeteer. So the idea of animating uh, an imaginary character uh, through movement, whether it's the movement of uh, hands through puppetry or the movement of your body as in mask or just in physical theater in general. It was already what I loved and and was already doing. And um, yeah, so something clicked, I think, when when he started doing the the stuff he was doing with Gollum. And then the lucky part was being in England at a time... uh, My journey with motion capture and video games only started in the last few years. But Mm -hmm. it coincided with a time in the British industry, both for video games and film, where they they have... um, Because of the industry they have there, they have large motion capture houses, Mm. which are basically for higher studios, and they get clients from all over the world coming in, um, doing motion capture shoots in huge optical motion capture volumes. Um, And I think they hit a point finally where they didn't have enough actors to fill the the jobs that they were getting. Because for a while, I think it had been one of these things where, like you say, nobody trained in it. No, They just sort of, over the course of the last two decades as this technology started to take off, they'd have people come in, they'd, you know, get a, like, who knows a guy that has gun skills? Get him in here. Who knows a guy that, you know, can do movement or whatever? Get him in. And then because they knew they could work with that guy, they'd just keep bringing him back and back and back and back and back. Yeah. And when that guy stopped being able to do all the work, they brought in a few more people, and then as time went on... Um, so anyway, the end of the story is that when I was there... They hit a point where they they actually, people started running classes, people who had been acting in motion capture for 10, 15 years, um, realized that the industry was growing there and um, realized that um, there was an interest in the acting world as well, and they started opening it up. And so I I trained with a couple of different organizations in the UK Mm -hmm. um, and spent time in different studios there. So I've been at Audio Motion Studios, Centroid Studios, which are these huge um, yeah optical motion capture volumes um, yeah so it's that sort of it was it was a I was I was in the right place at a time when my interest in the field coincided with um, the opening of a few doors basically
1: it's interesting to me to, when you say somebody has who has sword skills or somebody who has gun skills because you you just th- look from from the outside for something like me I'm thinking. Well, why don't they just get a guy who who's professionally shooting a gun, like, of fighting with swords? I don't know who mm-hmm. that would be. But but <laughs> you think, like, maybe a military guy for for the gun yeah. stuff? So, and and obviously, I don't know if they're doing that. But but mm-hmm. I know that that, that mocap uh, is is a thing. It's a field, like you said. So obviously, there's there's an element of acting in there. Uh, mm-hmm. for, like, why, why why aren't they using just guys who are trained in guns, but that rather they're actually using guys who are trained in, in, in physical performance, as you said?
0: Well, they absolutely do, actually. There's, okay. a, the, there's a wide range of different types of people that are used in motion capture. Um, okay. And they will, like, part of the training that I did was, um, the, the uh, part of the training I did at Centroid was they brought in a guy who used to be part of, I don't know, some elite marine task force in, mm, the, okay. in the UK who had all these stories about, you know, storming um uh stor- storming uh like embassies that were under siege in foreign countries and that wow. sort of thing. He'd actually been in those things. Okay. And you know, and then he had kind of when he, you know, hit his point where he you know, retired out of the military, he became a consultant to the video games industry. Okay. Um and so he was actually, I think in I don't remember what his sort of time frame as a performer was, but there was a period in The late 2000s early 2010s where he was working with a group of actors Mm. because you know he brought the military skills he knew all of the like squad tactics and gun things and whatever but actors you know we're trained to convey emotion Mm. and to play with you know rhythm um the rhythm of a performance how does how does a pause how does a modulation in the size of a movement how does that you know convey emotion um and so I think they, they they have a those people are definitely involved because you want a mix of things. Yeah. You also want if you're making a hardcore military game, you want to have, you want to have actors, but you want to have actors who really know how to handle guns realistically. Yeah. For instance. So yeah. so yeah. So there's a wide range of people involved.
1: Okay. What do you what would you say is the is the biggest difference between doing well? I know that even just uh, on a stage in a theater and a movie and a TV—that's different areas of of acting. But let's just say that if we group those together, anyway, uh, what is the biggest difference between like like uh, acting where people can see you and then acting for motion capture? You'd say? Well, with theater, so theater—the thing about
0: theater that's the most distinctive—and it sounds quite obvious to say it, but it's true—is is that it's. Um, it's live you're 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 in front of a room full of real people Mm. who are there to be moved by your performance and um there's an endurance aspect to it you might be on for two hours with no no break on stage and you have to be in character the whole time um and you know you're very much affected by the attitude in the room you can you can as an actor you can hear you know when the audience is shifting in their chairs and you you know and then you have to you have to play these mind games with yourself of being like oh well they're not are they getting bored or whatever if you know if they're dead silent it can mean that they're so into it that they just aren't even moving or it can mean that they're you know checked out and like sleeping <laughs> yeah. and you kind of have to you know but but you, you kind of have to constantly be um but you're constantly listening to them, and that you're constantly when they give you feedback, when they laugh, when they, you can feel them along with it. You get a big high off of that. You get a big, um, you know, it's it's a really it's a really nice experience. Mm. Uh, motion capture, you know, you're you're often standing in a, a warehouse that might be quite cold <laughs> under fluorescent lights in a room with you know six or seven people who are mostly staring at computer screens because they're all watching the data that they're getting they're not really even watching your performance there might be a director who's working with you who's watching the performance um and it's more like it's more like shooting a film you know you do multiple takes you yeah. do the scenes over and over and over again um for for the acting part so motion capture has different um there's different aspects to it's part yeah. of it's you know the sort of like cut scene acting which is very much like shooting a film you know where you might do multiple takes and you have to you have to do the same scene you know 10 15 times in a row with with really high intensity
2: yeah
0: um and you have to that's different from theater already because instead of having the endurance of evolving the scene you have to summon the same you know five minutes of intense emotion up over and over and over again um and follow direction and then there's that you add the technical layer on top of it where they might say oh you know, when you fold your arms, your marker, you're, you're occluding the markers and we're not getting good data. So then you have to change your performance so that you can't, you know, you, you can't, you basically can't stand with your arms folded in a motion capture uh-huh. suit, or at least in an optical. one. So you have to be, you're constantly filtering those things through your brain. Um, and yeah, so it's, uh, it's yeah, the, 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 they're very different environments to be performing in. And then an additional difference is you might have, instead of cutscene acting, instead of, you know, character acting, you might also be doing a shoot where it's all in game movement. And then you're like, I've never been on a super intense one, but I've heard stories of people who, you know, do hundreds of character movements in one day. And that's literally, that's very precise, very physically demanding work that has nothing to do with acting really, or very little to do with acting. And that's more about, creating walk cycles um you know which you have to you have to remember to start on the same foot every time you shoot it and you have to kind of make something that Mm. can be repeated and you have to you have to know not to do anything that'll stick out um you know don't do anything too distinct because it won't fit with just a generic walk cycle or you know you start doing like you do 45 degree turn 90 degree turn 180 degree turn and you just i think i think in some of the really intense shoots for for games where they're on a really strict schedule, they're just standing. There's somebody standing there, like, you know, gun forward, gun to the right, gun behind you, and and you're just doing the movements as fast as that, basically. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a like as an actor, there's no other experience quite like that that no, I can describe. No. There's you don't do that in any other context.
1: No, obviously not. Yeah. i um, I'm just thinking about how when i was a kid uh, in school doing plays that, that that one of the things that you immediately immediately told is that when well, you when you're acting on stage for the theater you you have to uh turn your body towards the audience uh, mm. because if you if you act like you would in real life and and turn towards the person that you're talking to the the audience can't really see you and they can't f- follow your emotions and like you said that's that's what acting is is about conveying emotions and Mm-hmm. um and it's i, I think um I, this is a of course a sort of a cliche but i think in some ways like uh, the younger generation the young people who are so uh they, they they've grown up with tv or movies they when they go to the theater it, it seems a little bit uh weird to them or or, or fake yeah. uh, but it seems to me like uh like theater is, is thriving uh mm-hmm. uh so maybe it's not so so bad. It is. I, I think it's like at some point 20 years ago, where It was like, oh no, TV and movies it, it will kill the the traditional theater. But but obviously it hasn't. And it sounds to me like like and 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 the, the stuff that you're talking about also have this sort of where <laughs> which is interesting, right? Because you're trying to portray reality. You, this is you, people are not supposed to look at it and and feel like you're doing something uh, extraordinary. But you actually, yeah. like you said, you can't uh, fold your arms because that doesn't work. Uh, yeah. But you still have to make it look like you would be like the person is folding his arms, or at least he's he's conveying that emotion to the viewer.
2: Um, yeah.
1: So yeah, that's of course the that's the, the the art of it. And I'm just like so many thoughts going through my head about how <laughs> like when you because I don't think. When you actually think about it, yes, it's obvious that when you're watching Assassin's Creed games or stuff like that, that mm. they haven't actually just, like, they've probably mo the, the the characters' movements because at some point that's just going to be easier than than, than yep. have some person model that. And then you could sort of figure out, oh, wait a minute, then there's a, there's a whole part to making a video game that is like that. Like, it's sort of, uh, I wouldn't call it, well, it's, it is physical, but it's, it's everything else, but, but sitting with a computer and, and creating the graphics, right? It's, it's something yeah. that you do in the real world. And, and I know that you also have done some, some voiceovers of obviously that's, that's a bit, I, I think everybody knows that that's going on, but it's just, it strikes me that, that there must be so many things actually going on that is not about working with a computer. Mm. One of the, the problems or one of the things that, like I said, it's a young industry is, uh, there are no uh, uh, depending on the area, of course, but it, maybe it's hard to get a, a, a an HR rep uh, or or. i guessing you're you're a freelancer, so, so mm. you're just on your own, and and there's not a practice. I know there's a union, uh, so I'm guessing you're covered yeah. with that. Uh, mm-hmm. But still, like, who do you ask for help? So do you have any peers in 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 this area?
0: Yeah. Um. Ha- can you say the question again? So, like, who would I ask for help in regards to, like...
1: Well, yeah, mocap uh, um, work, like, or, or, or doing stuff I mean, for, for a video, video game, whether that be voice acting or, or, or the other things.
0: You mean in terms of just finding the work? And, no, no, and how like, it- like,
1: like if, if, if you're having trouble with... Um, yeah, like... Uh, I say, well, you said cutscenes, um, yeah. and I'm guessing that's a little bit, bit more like traditional uh, acting because that is mm-hmm. that is sort of a cutscene. So maybe that's that's an established field. But for instance, if you if you have to do the like like you said the the sword, uh, you have to okay, I have to to to. Uh, have to do the acting that will be motion captured for for a sword fight and and yeah. you, you're struggling with that or or maybe like maybe the guy sitting on the uh, looking at the screen says that doesn't look right then yeah then then who do you ask for help in in that situation
0: <laughs> well hopefully i mean ideally if you're if you're doing any sort of like sword choreography for instance hopefully there's a fight director that you're working with yeah um you know, or or you as an actor are, are so experienced that you can kind of work through the kinks yourself. Mm. Um, but ideally, you always, whether it's for stage, for for film, and ideally for video games as well, if you're doing a fight scene, if you're doing choreography, you're working with somebody who is knowledgeable on a level that, they, that they're not just saying, okay, do a bunch of sword fight stuff for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if you're, if you're physically fighting with somebody else, uh, you will have some, somebody will have choreographed the fight. Yeah. Um, and that's actually being, being a sort of like a, uh, being a fight director is a, is a level of qualification beyond simply being trained in, in sword fighting.
2: Oh, yeah. um,
0: so yeah. So, so usually you would be working with somebody whose, whose role was to, to sort of guide you through that in that project. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same would be true of like an acting scene. You'd have a director, you'd have somebody, you know, it's not always going to be, uh, with video games, it doesn't always wind up being like a director, for instance, um, who is a trained acting director. You might have somebody from the animation company, especially if it's a small project. Yeah. You just have someone from the animation company who's there trying to kind of lead you through it. Or if it's, if it's bigger, if it's like a triple A studio, you might have the animation director in the room and they, you know, they'll have, have their sort of mix of skills between you know animation and and sort of storytelling and that sort of thing, and they'll yeah. walk you through. So, yeah, in that in that regard, in terms of like finding the moment in the the project, there's often people you can talk to. And then when there's not, then yeah, you fall back on your own skills. You fall mm-hmm. back on you know like I'm the training that I did. Um, the physical theatre school had a lot of it was there was a huge emphasis on creating through improvisation so we, it wasn't it wasn't improvisation for performance but it was you you very much find your way to the scene or the play that you're going to make by trying things mm, yeah and so as much of the skill that I have that's you know being precise in movement there's th- at least the same amount that's that's in that that idea is not working try something else mm. or you know just just keep throwing out ideas until something works because yeah. that's how the work gets done basically
1: so one of your skills is basically being very aware of your movements at any given point whether it's repeating the same thing over and over or actually on purpose changing it up a little bit because yeah. there might be a director saying ah oh, that doesn't quite work okay that's yeah. interesting and especially
0: Um, for something like um like with motion capture with that you would want to you need to be able to keep everything else the same so if they tell you to change the one thing yeah you've got to change that but you also have to keep the rest of it because they probably are Oh yeah 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 yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) obviously (laughs) um yeah it's that is so different from like my, my work is i'm 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 a front-end developer, meaning Mm. programmer basically. So, so I'm sitting in front of a computer all day, and when I have problems, I'll I'll look up uh, Stack Overflow, as it's called, a website where you can you can literally just like sort of Google for code, right? You just say you know I have this problem, and then you can. Nine times out of 10, somebody else had the same problem and you can sort of yeah. find the yeah. solution and you can basically copy paste it. You shouldn't do yeah. that if anybody's listening. Uh, <laughs> but you can, you can, you can sort of see that. And, and obviously you, th- there's no way to, to do that for you. Not if it is in the moment, then you have to, mm-hmm. to ask the people who are there or, uh, just, uh, work with your experience. But, yeah. but how then, then if you're not on the job, how do you, you do you train or, or better yourself, uh, like the rest of the time, like uh, mm-hmm. like I would read up on a subject, say, okay, I need to be a bit better on on this or that. So, how does that work for you? How do you do that? Um. So yeah. So a lot of the actors' work,
0: um, especially when you when you have a, a specific project, um, is is research. Actually, I mean, very much like what you're describing, but just in a different way. Mm-hmm. So you know, if I know that I need to play a specific type of character or a specific type of creature like with creature movement you often you know i would go to youtube i would watch videos of animals and work on you know finding finding obviously you know there's always a limitation because i don't physically have the body of you know a leopard or a bear (laughs) or whatever but you can you know the the you can take inspiration from from watching those things you could you know you get inspiration for what's the weight of this creature while it's moving, you know, how, what, what, what is, what? how do you, how do you see a bear's weight in its joints when it yeah. moves versus how do you see a, a mouse's weight in its joints when it moves, you know, those sorts of things you can study. And so you're sort of the same way that you're, you're looking for answers to questions about how does something work in a program? I guess hmm. from a movement standpoint, for instance, you're looking for answers to how do how do creatures of various shapes and sizes move through the world, um, or how do ver- different types of people move through the world? One of the most fun things about acting training and and um, being an actor is you learn to watch people's how how people move, and <laughs> so much personality is conveyed in how people walk, and so much um, there's story written in people's the tension in their bodies. You know, like yeah. you see, um, you know, if somebody has a really tight lower back, or somebody has really stiff legs, or you know if somebody moves very fluid it tells you it, it tells you something about them um and so in a way you're constantly noticing those things there there's a lot of research that happens just by being out in the world and being around people um yeah so i would say that's you know you you ahead of time you try to you try to do those things you try to always be open to it um i do try to do a lot of full body exercise i like to go rock climbing and i have a pretty uh pretty involved stretching regimen actually because i mm. like to keep i like to both be capable of you know sort of moving in all sorts of different ways um i want to know that like if i need to go down to the floor and come back up really quickly that i can do that you know that my body isn't going to be like oh we haven't we ha- ha- haven't gone down to the floor like that in a while you know you don't want to like blow your knee on a in the middle of a shoot or something so you keep i i, I do a lot of full body exercise and then a lot of stretching because a lot of, especially with motion capture, actually, and with puppetry as well, you need to keep tension out of your body. Um, the more stiff you are, you can see it in the performance. Mm,
2: yeah.
0: um, so there's a, there's an element of just taking care of yourself and your body that's uh, that's a very important part of it, actually.
1: Well, you also have to watch out not to get injured in your spare time, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's another, yeah, yeah, the the other side of it. Um, so who do you admire for for your job? Uh, not just, well, you can say anybody that you admire, but <laughs> who do I
0: admire as a, a just in acting in general, or with video games specifically, or?
1: Well, that's up to you.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay, I'll go. I'll go with the first person who comes to mind. He doesn't really have anything to do with video games, but that's fine. I think it's. I think it's related. I really admired um, the actor James Gandolfini. Uh, mm. I don't know if you ever saw The Sopranos. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, but he is a perfect example of how body language and movement and breath and rhythm can come together to tell to really make a character much richer than he is on paper. Um, So much of the the performance of Tony Soprano is the like, it's the like, the, the, there's this sort of damaged devilish little boy inside of his head. And you see that it comes through in his eyes and his facial expressions, in the way he kind of, lots of his pauses and his like half breaths and, and things, they really, the way, the way he kind of like sighs or adjusts his belt, it always, it's always telling a story.
2: Mm. It's
0: always telling the story of what that character is feeling internally in the moment. And it's yeah. beautiful to watch. Um, and it's rare. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a very, it's a very intuitive, but very skillful performance that he gave as that character. Um and yeah, so I, I would say him because yeah. you know that's yeah. Yeah. Cause when you say physical theater and, and this sort of stuff, it's often you know, people can get ideas of crazy acrobatic stuff <laughs> and, and all sorts of things. But he I love him in that role because it's he's using all of the same tools, body movement, uh breath, rhythm, uh to to tell a just very nuanced story about a realistic character.
1: You you mentioned Andy Circus, uh who, who sort of um came out of nowhere with the uh, Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. movies i don't think mm-hmm. a lot of people knew about him beforehand uh he is from new zealand right uh, no
0: he's i'm pretty sure he's english actually
1: oh okay yeah yeah uh, but then of course he was he was uh, he was gollum in in those movies and and also the hobbit movie and yep. then he sort of just became the the industry standard for for mocap and and ob- mm-hmm. is, obviously he's been uh, sn- oh I'm a Star Wars fan and I can't remember the name of his character in the new movie Snoke, I think. No, Sup- yeah, exactly. Supreme yeah. leader Snoke is also anti-circus. And, yeah. and I was just thinking, uh, why does that have to be him? Like, what is it, <laughs> what is it that he does that, that makes him the, the, the prime choice for these roles? Well, part of it, I mean, the, the cynical
0: answer is that he owns the studio, <laughs> right? He owns oh, okay.
1: Imaginarium Studios.
0: Um, So, you know, I mean the war the Planet of the Apes movies, they were his pet projects. Um and the like um Star Wars at least um uh the Force Awakens was, um, I'm pretty sure the motion capture was done by Imaginarium, at least in part. Snoke, Supreme Leader Snoke anyway, was done by Imaginarium Studios. So mm. that's the cynical side of it. You could say, well, Andy Serkis, they were shooting in his studio. So it was, of course, he was going to play the roles. But no, I mean, he's, he's, a he's also a fantastic actor. Like he understands, he made it his, um, he, I think at some point he was drawn to the medium of motion, acting for motion capture mm. and, he decided, he, he kind of made it a goal to elevate that as an art form. Hmm. You know, it, I mean, it wasn't just a coincidence, I think, that he was cast as Gollum and then accidentally came up with a really fantastic performance. Um, you know, it's that he really wanted to see if it was possible to give a really high quality performance through motion capture. Yeah. Um, and so he, he was making a very conscious effort to do that. And he was already, you know, I, I'm not actually familiar with any of his work before oh. Lord of the Rings. Uh, I think he was primarily a stage actor. Um, but, you know, he's clearly just very talented and, and was clearly passionate and clearly understood also, you know, the, the technology itself. He mm. understood the, the way that it worked and what he would need to do in order to give a good performance in it. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a mixture of being a highly trained actor um but also sort of being passionate and being the guy in the room who when people say can we do anything with this motion capture like are, is there some way to have a like a real character in this he'd be like mm-hmm. yeah i can do it yeah you know and that i think it's he put himself in the position to be that guy in a way as well
1: well it's it's funny because now you, you think about it it's sort of it seems so natural. Yes, of course, that's Gollum. But but uh, mm. you'd have to remember that before those movies, uh, the only portrayal of Gollum really was just books, right? You, yeah. yeah. Like his whole uh, physical, uh, the the way that he moves in those movies, he he made that up, right? That, that there's no reference to say that he would c- climb around like that. And yeah. like a little bit of the voice, I think there is a, a cartoon. Um, sort of weird movie from the 70s or something like that but other than that he's he's basically created that whole character that now seems like obviously like that's what Gollum is right what else would it be that's quite uh, that's quite fantastic actually i think uh yeah i've seen that on the uh, special uh, editions of the dvds or something like that when you think about Mm -hmm. it it's really fascinating that he he did all that and that's very um Courageous in a way to sort yeah. of say, I, 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 think this character is supposed to be like this, and that is such a, um, like not to, like like I said, I like Star Wars movies, but but uh, the character of Yoda, it's not really, there's not much to him. It's it's more like yeah. that that is just the uh, lines that he's saying, and there's not a lot of physical movements, um, mm. at least not in most of the movies. There's one where he fights a lot, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, so so that's really uh, impressive, uh, I think, with with the column character
0: yeah um, and
1: just to
0: just to give credit where it's due i know there's there's been a controversy in the um visual effects world in the last few years of sort of that that animators aren't getting enough credit for the work they do putting oh, in oh yeah of course you know that so um you know so andy circus gives a great performance and then he also is supported by a fantastic team of people who mm. you know create i i was watching um one of the planet of the apes movies recently and you know at first i was so I was like oh man he's doing he's such a such a beautiful performance and then realizing. You know that there, like, there's a lot of skill that goes into making a realistic ape face (laughs) that can respond. You know, that can draw, that can that can draw you in. Like that, that's a that's its own very high level skill. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. As well, and probably even with the Gollum character, he he created the the movement, but he probably did it from artist drawings as well. He was probably that's that's one of the other parts of the motion capture um, process. If you're lucky, if you're on a high budget project like like lord of the rings you'll actually get a chance to see art and to see um you know to and then you take your inspiration for movement Mm. from that um sometimes with with video game shoots you sort of show up and they're like okay you're a you're an orc just give us an orc (laughs) and you don't get to see anything yeah Um, but you're often riffing on what an artist has done also
1: also, yeah. technically, the the Lord of the Rings movies, at least the first one, was an indie movie. Uh, mm. uh, New Line Cinema actually took a huge risk with uh, producing those movies uh, with uh, Peter Jackson, who at the time had done mostly weird uh, horror movies yeah. and, and uh, <laughs> a, a puppet movie that is awesome, actually. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and I think one sort of serious movie. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it's two girls that are plotting to murder the one girl's mother. Uh, okay. Oh, wow. oh I'm, I'm completely blanking here. Uh, the girl that plays lead role in Titanic, okay, uh, she is the lead role in that movie by Peter Jackson, and it's called, okay. I think, Heavenly Creatures. Okay, yeah. Don't kill me for this. That's also a fantastic movie. Definitely watch that. But, cool. uh, but yeah, um, I mean. Uh, for someone like me who likes those kind of movies he was definitely a name but in Hollywood he was not like, like a big name at all uh, so the, so New Line Cinema the company behind it they took a huge chance with this and even though it's a big budget movie like you said it wasn't a sure hit at all like the other studios had said no <laughs> they didn't yeah. want to do it uh, yeah. which seems kind of weird like this is the biggest uh, fantasy novel in the world why wouldn't it be a success but uh, Hollywood was not keen on taking chances like that yeah, um,
0: it was it was a long period where nobody had managed to do justice to fantasy. You know, yeah. I mean, like you had you had a few things from the like 90s and 80s that, like, like you know, Labyrinth and Willow and whatever, mm. but they were relatively small scale. Yeah, and I don't know that they were necessarily. I mean, Labyrinth obviously is a cult hit, um, but I don't know how successful they were necessarily. And I think the like the the special effects effort that you, has to go into you know, making something look that good. I think mm. at the time he was sort of he was unique in trying to use CGI as the the means to trying to do it that way. And I think before that it's like when Game of Thrones came out on television. You know, it was you couldn't even think of a good example of somebody trying to do fantasy on television. No. You were just like, oh wow, this is gonna be we'll see how this goes. But, you know, <laughs> you know so you i know, think in
1: hindsight point. it seems so obvious right <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah yeah exactly exactly but up until somebody comes and says hey guys this is how you do it um yeah
1: i think there's a lot to be said for hollywood Um, this is a, a sort of a pet peeve for me because i, th- I sort of see the same thing in, in the music industry as in the movies and, and sort of television that it's <laughs> it's funny to me that an area that is so creative like Making music is that is all about creativity and movies, uh, stuff like that. Also creativity, but still, um, when it becomes so big and, and there's so much money involved, involved, it becomes almost the opposite of of, of, of creative. It's it's all about mm. uh, like getting your money back and return on investment and, and and like for instance, if you read about this on the story of, I think it's the aliens movie how that was rewritten several times and 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 new directors uh, several times and and this is that's actually a reason why like the alien and the aliens movie they're so different from each other like the first alien movie is like a a, sort of a horror movie but aliens is way more like an action movie uh yeah and they of course both of them are, are really awesome in their own rights but this is because for years and years hollywood was just trying to find out how to actually make this movie and lots of people worked on it i mm. think i think william gibson the 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 um, the, the yeah who wrote some very f- famous novels he wrote a yeah. script for it at some point if not okay. him, somebody somebody else quite famous on that level so that's yeah. a, another interesting story and it just yeah. goes to show that that for an industry that's supposed to be all about creativity in some way, Hollywood, they they are not taking a lot of chances at all. Uh, <laughs> no, um, which is weird. I mean that that that's all they should be doing, right? They should have, yeah. I'm just going on, on a tangent here, but they should just they like, put some money into the hands of creative people and and make some uh, beautiful movies. Yeah. Um, I think actually the video game industry is a bit. Better in that sense, and maybe that's because we have the luxury of the medium uh, being naturally scalable. Uh, mm-hmm. Because obviously mm-hmm. there's also indie movies, but yeah. but in the case of an indie movie, um, the the budget will will have a, like a much bigger impact, so to speak, on on the, the 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 quality and the scope of the movie. But but if you obviously if you create an indie game just yourself, it's not the same as a huge uh, Assassin's Creed game, but still it can. I think in, in 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 another way than a movie can, an, an indie game can sort of just scale because it it, it, it takes nothing to sell a, a million copies or, or a yeah. thousand copies. It's exactly the same, right? <laughs> uh, and you can you can get that out to to as many people who, who like your your small little game if if it works. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's just me me yeah. uh, thinking out loud here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, well,
1: and I think I think mobile mobile gaming
0: has been a huge thing. You know. You, Yeah, you have so many different types of games that exist now. Yeah. Um, you know, I know like some, obviously some of the most successful Danish video game studios are making mobile games. So they're not, you know, there's like, I don't even know what the, the, what the like corollary is to, to like film and television. There is no like, you know, relatively addictive, but, but relatively simple. Thing that people can watch on the subway like there you know there's no there isn't anything like that
2: no no that's true yeah
1: you're probably talking no. about Cyber games who made the the yeah. subway Surfers uh, game which is uh, if not the most downloaded game of all time anywhere mm. it has been at some point at least uh, like enormous success and and, and yeah. really quite simple and, and and they've of course they've they've grown the studio and they they've added to the game but yeah it's it's still the same game as when they started, and it was a small mm-hmm. thing, right? And yeah, it would be difficult to see the same thing for for a movie or a TV show, right? It it would, yeah. it would change as as more people or more money is added to it. That's yeah. definitely correct. Um, well, just to to change gears a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, speaking of longevity, can can you do this the thing that you do your your whole life? Yeah. That's an interesting
0: question. I mean, as a, as somebody who's trying to be trying to go through the world as a professional actor, that's a question that never leaves my mind. (laughs) Mm. Um, because you know, it's, it's any, any sort of path through the arts in general is sort of famously fraught with difficulty. And you know, there's, you know, the, the idea of the starving artist doesn't come from nowhere. Um, and yeah, I mean, as a, as an actor, it's, it's always going to be a question. I mean, you know, whether it's, um, you know, the fact that the body changes and you can't do the same things you used to be able to do. Like, um, you know, I, I, um, I, I recently I considered like, Oh, do I want, should I get into trying to do like stunts for film and television and that sort of thing? And it's something I do to a certain degree, but like, I realized that, you know, I'm probably, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where doing the really hardcore stunts where you have to be willing to accept the possibility of bodily harm and broken bones as the thing. I'm, I'm past a point in my life where I feel like accepting that risk. Mm. Um, so, you know, and of course the thing about being an actor is in a way it's not like any other art form in that you i can't play a 14 year old boy Mm, if i were a writer i could write a story about a 14 year old boy yeah um or i could write a story about a 14 year old girl i certainly can't play a 14 year old girl (laughs) so as as you change in age your your sort of options and and uh yeah everything changes so it's it's kind of i kind of look at it as um I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep going with it until until something makes me stop but um but yeah I mean it's 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 that's a question that's always on my mind and there is no I won't know the answer until I'm dead
1: (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) but so what, what would you be doing if you weren't an actor
0: that's another question I ask myself a lot um Part of the reason I am still an actor is that I, I there isn't any more compelling answer to that i yeah I mean, there are two answers to that question, right really mm-hmm. I mean there's like there there's one it's like, oh well, if this passion didn't work out, what's another interest that you would like to be employed doing but of mm-hmm. course, you know. It's quite, it's quite rare and, and, and lucky in a way to be able to do something that you love and get paid for it. So, you know, I mean, on a certain level, I would, I like, I, I was drawn to art and performance because I like, um, I like the tools of empathy. I like, I like what storytelling can do,
2: uh,
0: in terms of putting, putting an audience member in somebody else's shoes in considering, You know life from a different point of view um so i as my ideal answer to what else i would be doing i'd say doing something else along those lines whether that's like therapy work with people whether it's um conflict resolution um you know i would love to say that i was doing something that really helped people listen to and understand each other better um The practical side of things i mean who knows you sort of people wind up doing whatever job you can i've i've had i've had side jobs as office administrators i've worked as a tele tele not telemarketing but like just tele tele sales person um i've done a million different jobs any actor you talk to will have done (laughs) a million different jobs and there have always been points along the way where you know like a little door would open and say like, well, Hey, you know, if you want to stay here, if you want to take on a permanent position, you can do that. And, and so, you know, I've, I've sort of at the moment for, for now I've, you know, I've passed on those opportunities because I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's kind of a vague answer to your question, but that's, (laughs) that's the best answer I can give to it. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I know that I've enjoyed um, probably my favorite sort of um, cul-de-sac in my career was um, I spent a year as the operations manager at an experimental dance studio in London, and that was a lot of fun because it was still it was still in the arts um, and it used skills I have good organizational skills I have uh, good communication skills I like um, I like doing but I like doing things with my hands as well and that was a job mm. that combined you know making sure that the people the customers the using the dance studio were happy and making sure that the theater lights worked and and running lights for performances um so yeah i like to i don't know that was that was a fun side job that i had uh, but w- whether i would do that for my whole life i don't know
1: <laughs> well it, it, it seems like you you sort of you have a burning uh desire for 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 the for the arts as you've mentioned a couple of times and you would you would be in there somewhere. Um, Yeah. I think that's true for, for, for a lot of, a lot of people in, in, in in the arts or the creative uh, areas. Mm. Do you have any advice for, for a person who would like to, to do mocap for video games or for movies? Um, You mean career advice or? How, how to, to get into doing that? Like, how do you start doing that? Is it even possible well, to just focus on that? Uh, do it have to be an actual actor, or?
0: Yes, I would say you do, unless unless you are somebody who naturally has, you know, really high level gun and military skills, for instance. Mm. Or, I mean, it's possible for people who are um, people who are high level sort of sports athletes. Uh, they can sometimes get work. I know that there was a. I think there was a period where lots of games like to have parkour, for instance. Yeah, yeah. I think there was like a fad for a few years that yeah, and, and I think there were like parkour people got a lot of work during that time. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean I think you do definitely need to have acting skills. Okay. They don't necessarily need to be movement skills, but I think they help. Um and then it's about having having a broad range of um Having a broad range of skills, but also a few that you specialize in. Like the mm. the people I know who are getting work uh, back in England doing motion capture, they came in from lots of different places. Some of them came in through combat skills and stunt work. Some of them came in through being voice actors for video games. Yeah. So you know those people who do the voice act who came in through the voice acting route, they don't necessarily have the same like movement and technical and combat skills. Or they may not have come in with those skills, but they, Mm. those people trained in those skills. And now they have, you know, they may not be sword fighters and movers at the level that other actors are, but they also have their extensive background as voice actors. Yeah. Which makes them much more attractive in some ways. So it's about, you know, I think, I think, um, and you know, and I think, I think in LA and London where there's lots and lots and lots of motion capture work going on you can be the guy that gets called in because you do good zombies or you can be (laughs) the guy that gets called in because you know how to do stuff with a katana for instance, like those, those skills become quite marketable. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess the, it's again, kind of vague advice, but have, have a specialty in some, some form of movement, some form of acting. Yeah. Um, and and then also have a broad range of sort of supplementary skills as well. Yeah. But I would say try to be good at one or two things. Try yeah. to be really good at one or two things and then be pretty good at a bunch more stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a, a unfortunately that's not a, a, a an answer for for an easy way in because I'm I'm pretty sure that it's no. it's hard to to uh, get into an actor school for instance. That's yeah. that's probably a lot of people who yeah. are who are trying to get in there um, but if, if you're so lucky to, to actually have some, uh, acting experience or be in mm. an acting school, I'm guessing that, that, that it's a, it's a nice, well, it's a niche with probably some, some, um, possibility and to say, well, I, I would like to, to also do video games. Because most, yeah. most actors, they're, they're probably heading for, for the stage or, or TV, I'm guessing. Mm. Um, but yeah. So maybe the hard part is actually becoming an actor first. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And also, you know, I mean, motion capture—it's a motion capture and video games in general. There, it's it's an ever-evolving industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, actually, one of the challenges for me coming to Denmark now is that there there just isn't a level of uh, use of motion capture no. here that that's that's in any way consummate to what it no, was in no. in the UK. No. So. I mean, that's the other thing is if you really wanted, if you really want to have like a career that's really, really focused on just that one thing, you probably want to be. It's, it's the, it's the age old um, acting advice that's, you know, both not ideal, but also necessary is like, well, if you want to be in movies, go to LA. Yeah. yeah. Uh, You know, if you want to be, if you want to be in movies, go to London. Um, There's probably a bit of that as well.
2: Yeah.
1: That's, that's sort of a, there's another element of the fact that it's a very physical thing, right? Like you just mm. said, you can't play a girl if you're not a girl. And, yeah. and 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 you have to be where the work is because that is, like, an actor is just not a remote job at all. Yeah. <laughs> It'll never be, yeah. uh, obviously. Um, yeah. You mentioned uh, voice actors. One thing that is, uh, maybe you have some insight into this, one thing that is fascinating to me as is that a lot of, um, like, Famous or semi-famous uh, actors uh, with actual careers. Meaning, what I'm f- trying to say is they don't—they don't need to do video games for the money. They—they actually, they, mm. they obviously do it for because they think it's fun, in some yeah. way. Uh, and there was a time when when video games would be sold on. Oh, so Bruce Willis is the voice for this thing, and I think that mm. that pretty much tanked because that's not really what 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 people are buying games for, but they're yeah. still using these these famous actors. That must uh, that must be slightly more expensive than uh, like yeah. and like a not named uh, voice actor. Why do you think they do that? Why do I think they use celebrity actors? Yeah, for instance, like Nathan Fillion. Like, right? yeah. he's done a t- done a ton of video games, uh, and he likes to do them. I know, but mm. if 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 I was Activision, like why am I hiring Nathan Fillion and and not some other guy that, that there must be a lot of guys that can, that can act or do the voice. Uh, Not to say that it's easy, but, but like there must be other choices that would be cheaper, just straight up. Probably. Um, yeah,
0: I think a lot of it will have to do with, um, name recognition. I mean, when you get to be the level of being a recognized name, the way that Nathan Fillion or, you know, Bruce Willis or whoever, Mm -hmm. uh, are you know then they're they're as much trading on their name as they are on anything else so when you hire them you're hoping that their fan base will say oh nathan fillion's in that game
2: Mm -hmm.
0: i want to i want to see what he did in that or you know it lends a, a sort of air of prestige to your video game i would imagine you know it's sort of like obviously there are thousands of extremely talented um, voice actors working you know just in the English language world alone yeah um, who can do amazing jobs hmm. and, and you know can people who you know people who play like 30 different characters in one game yeah and, yeah and you can't can't even tell and oh. they do a great job at all of it they're, they're it's an amazing art form um, but I think just on a certain like consumer, marketing level if you if you don't it's not i don't think anybody necessarily buys a game because such and such actor is in it but i think there's some sort of like there's a there's a probably because of the way that we grow up with television and movies and things there's mm. something in the deep in our brains that says "Ooh, this is a this is a quality product because they got this person yeah um you know and there are probably times too where somebody genuinely is is you know good at what they're doing like i mean mm. I, you know perfect example would be you know mark hamill doing yeah the batman cartoons you know long after he was you know long after he'd sort of ceased trading on you know his name in live action movies mm. But he was just—he's an amazing voice actor. Yeah. And so he had this whole career doing that because he was really, really good at it and yeah. really passionate about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's probably no one answer, but I think there's a lot of a lot of it co- probably comes down to marketing and wanting to lend prestige to a project. Yeah. Um, in addition to the person being good for the role.
1: <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. Um. Okay. Are there any projects that you wish that you'd work on?
0: that I wish that I had worked on.
1: Yeah, like like some uh, performance that like, oh, I really wish that that was me or, or the, the the whole project was just super fascinating. or.
2: Mm.
0: I mean, I do... The, the work that Andy Serkis has been doing with motion capture, both both Gollum in Lord of the Rings and also um, the work he did on the Planet of the Apes movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I really... I was surprised when I first saw the the first planet of the apes movie because i was really expecting you know people had said it was really amazing uh, and really good and i was expecting to see a pretty formulaic action movie hmm. that would hit the same sort of like story beats and whatever that most action movies do and i was i was surprised that he gen they genuinely seemed to be trying to tell a more they, they really seem to be focused on the emotion of the story rather than on the like It becomes intelligent and kills people Mm -hmm. sort of thing that they could have done. Um, and so I, I like, I like that sort of vision. I like, I like that, that they're working at that level of, you know, the budget is big enough and the, the, um, the, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the sort of setting is epic enough. Yeah. That they can, you know, make something that is a sort of exciting science fiction series. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, you know, having the will to try to tell a more varied story, to to make the characters complicated in their in their um, motivations and in their actions and and that sort of thing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and to really to really try to make it a story about the the humanness of you know other intelligent creatures of of you know it's it's about it's about your empathy for other people it's about your empathy for for other living things there's a there's a really deep really i think nicely realized theme in that project yeah um and so i like that i for me i i grew up as a you know comic book reading fantasy book reading star wars watching you know nerd basically i i I love genre yeah stuff Um, and it's at its best when it, it, it tells something, I always liked it at that age because I always felt like I got something a bit deeper than I did from watching just a a regular blockbuster movie or a regular, you know, television, you know, when I, when I grew up in the nineties, television was pretty terrible. (laughs) Uh, And, and genres fiction and, and stories seem to actually, you know, have a bit more going on in them. And so that's when, for me, that's when science fiction and fantasy really, uh, are exciting is when they 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 touch on something deeper yeah. and yeah yeah
1: it's quite funny actually how you said just as said uh, TV in the nineties were was kind of horrible and and like from a certain angle it was and it's quite obvious that. The big studios they thought, oh, um, TV is a super uh, ephemeral uh, media where we can't really expect people to watch from week to week, so it yeah. just it needs to be super light and you just it, it, it's a a pick up as you go kind of thing, and we can't uh, make uh, deeper stories like you can in the movies because people are sat there in the theater and 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 they've paid for a ticket and so on, and then all of a sudden. Somebody sort of realizes, hey, wait a minute, we're actually uh, making a ten-hour movie. That's what we're doing. We we actually have way more chance to do a a, a huge story, a big story. We can do much more character development than they can in any movie because we have Mm. so much time with each character. All of a sudden, they're the people are just finding out it's actually the other way around, and and lots of people, enough people, will. Watch your show each week and they will follow along. And, and, and you can totally expect people to have watched every single episode up until that one that you're showing yeah. today. That's really fascinating to me. Yeah. A- and and once again, one of those things where you're just thinking, how did the nuts see this before? <laughs> um, I don't know if you've uh, watched the the old black and white. The Futures if there's an original okay. TV series that is The Futures if Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. Oh, so if you watch the movie, it's Harrison Ford and the train uh, flips over, and then he runs because he's uh, he's uh, innocently framed for this murder, and yeah. uh, and he's trying to figure out this one-armed man who actually killed his wife. I think it is. Yeah. Um, and that is like it has the the, the classical uh, story parts, and 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 in 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 the parts that it does, right, the the beginning and the middle and the end and the point of no return and the climax and all that. So yeah. when you're thinking about that, like, how would that be a TV show? Because, um, the each episode is what exactly? And I can tell you that the TV show is just the middle part over and over again. So each yeah. episode is just him <laughs> arriving at, because he's always on the run, right? He's yeah. the fugitive. He arrives at some place where nobody knows who he is. Uh, yeah. and he's, he's following in the leads on that one armed guy who killed his wife. Yeah, supposedly all over the uh, United States, apparently yeah. <laughs> because it, it ran for a long time, and then he's just a good guy because he's actually innocent and he didn't murder anyone right like, so he helps yeah. the people in the town doing something, and then the the law they sort of they, they catch uh, they, they find out who is this new guy, what he's actually doing, and maybe they get a well they didn't get a facts like I just said it was black and white, but they they sort of uh they want to find out who this guy is, good guy is, and then he moves on yeah <laughs> next episode right yeah. and it's just when i found out that the, that story like it's a good movie was actually a tv show i was just it was mind-boggling to me like how, what that is crazy yeah. um i just thinking about this now i should have looked up whether it's actually a book or something like that first because it seems unlikely <laughs> that someone would make up this story for a tv show but maybe they did i don't know yeah i'm, uh, I'm not sure yeah and it's just <laughs> yeah so famously, obviously, Seinfeld, for instance, it was a TV show about nothing. They, they sort yeah. of embraced this thing where nothing is ever changing. This is, this is what makes it good because we're not even trying to change things over time. And the character are actually so dumb that it'll do the same things over and over. And that's the whole point of the, of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, look at me. I'm <laughs> just talking again. Um, you said, uh, you talked about story and, 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 and what, one of the things that you love in your job is is trying to to create a story or convey a story so mm. I was thinking um are there any video games that you think think has done that to to very like done that well I'd say that really moved you yes um I'm trying to think the reason
0: I'm hesitating is because I know there there are games that I have read about that I haven't actually played mm-hmm that sound amazing yeah. and I know that people are doing fantastic things with narrative um, but because I only I only have so much time for video games I haven't gotten around to playing them well I am thinking of games like the last of us or mm-hmm. um, you know I've got um, I played up the uh, a board game recently that was based on a video game called this war of mine which was oh, yeah. um, I haven't I haven't played the game but I just love the idea you know, it's quite heavy. I, I tried recommending the game to people once and the, somebody else who'd played it said, well, don't you think that game kind of depressing? And I was like, well, yeah, it's depressing, but it's it's really interesting because what that game is, at least the board game version was, um, you know, you, you play civilians in our world living in a war zone, just trying to survive mm. from day to day and you know you as a group you make decisions about what the characters do so you're trying to stay in character to them but you're also as a group invested in that character's story and i think you know as, as the game goes on they sort of they wind up getting picked off one by one so i think it's a kind of heartbreaking process but i think i love i love the idea that you that that's that's what a game can do that another story can't it can make you invest in a character on that level because in that game you're you you know you are playing that character and you all as a group made a decision about what that character would do and you know you're trying trying to trying to shepherd that character through a dangerous environment and you mm-hmm. might fail and and in that game I think you're probably set up to fail for the most part the, yeah. uh, the characters are going to die and um, I think that's a brilliant use of the medium of what a game is as as a story mechanism yeah um yeah so i I like things like that and you know and obviously that's a going back to what you're talking about with hollywood and and making you know making artistic things and that sort of thing like that's it's a beautiful piece of art to talk about and think about and to experience but then you have that conversation where it's like, "Hey, let's why don't, why don't you play? You should play this War of Mine." And then the person saying, "Well, that that's kind of a depressing game. Why don't mm-hmm. you play, you know, Small World or something? You know, play like a, a fun game that's that's you know more light and fun and doesn't isn't such a like isn't a six hour investment in a story that's doomed to fail." <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah. there's um, it's an interesting dilemma for 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 any sort of form of entertainment. Yeah, um, yeah, so. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess I guess I would say that. There's probably there's probably lots of other examples that I I can't that are just sort of. behind believe well, you have uh, if you
1: have uh, an hour or two, uh, mm. and 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 I think maybe ten dollars or so. You should try the game. I think it's called A Tale of Two Brothers. Okay. Uh, it's a really uh, it's a brilliant game where where we, like very um. Uh, the environment and the music and such—it's very um, yes, conveying. A, I get a lot of feeling about. I think it's made in Sweden, or Norway, but definitely yeah. somewhere here in the Nordics. And and so that that feeling of uh, this uh, a bit the wilderness of the place where they mm. live—it's uh, mm. it's it's, it's conveyed very well. And and it's sort of a small, I would say. A puzzle game but you can you're, you're controlling these two brothers and you uh i don't know if you can play it with a keyboard actually but you should play it with a controller because each mm-hmm. analog stick controls one of these brothers and then you sort of have right. to to guide them through this um just this world uh in, yeah. in a you have to s- solve little puzzles and then you uh i think they're trying to find some medicine for their dying father or something like that yeah uh, that is the start of the game though. Know? Uh, i don't want to tell you about the ending uh which is Maybe two hours in, uh, and very, yeah. very emotional, and and yeah. a lot of people are talking about that. Um, and it's yeah. Sh- short. Yeah, and I think that's that's perhaps uh, the um, the sort of the, uh, the I wouldn't say the struggle, but the uh, there's a, there's a bit of a problem or a, a conflict with with video games in that sense is that like a video game is about agency, like that's the whole mm-hmm. point that you you have some input. Otherwise, mm. it wouldn't be a game. Um, and f- for a really effective story, like a normal story, at least, or air quoting here, the story is a normal story that is about the 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 author or the writer um, controlling the pace in some way. That's that's one of the most effective things. Like Hemingway, for instance, like he he he's famous for. Uh, pausing the story, uh, and, and just uh, like the, the chapter ends and there's a half page of white and then the, the story continues on the next page and, and, and somehow that, that half page of white means almost more than the words on the pages and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and that is what a, what a, really talented writer can do because they, they, they're controlling the narrative 100%. Obviously mm. in the game, you can't do that because then, then it's a movie. Um, yeah. So there's, there's sort of a conflict there, but, it's interesting to see how like slowly i think uh video game creators they're coming to terms with this and then they're they're realizing that well in some some forms it's okay to just like like the game a tale of two brothers well we'll tell a story that takes 2 hours and and it's a, it's very video gamey in between mm-hmm. like you you have stuff that you need to do and also for instance the danish game uh, limbo yeah, also, it's, that's longer and it's very video gamey in, in between yeah. so you have to solve the puzzles and stuff but also there's a they want to say something with that game uh, and the same with their second game uh, inside also very it, it has a message um, mm. and that is super interesting to to me that you can sort of you can actually still convey emotions through through the graphics and the music, of course, but also through the way that you're actually controlling the game, the, the things that you do um, in a in A AAA space, for instance. Destiny 2 came out last year, and, and I've played a lot of Destiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and There's a part of the story where your character the, he starts by getting half-killed, Basically, and he loses all the powers that that you have in the whole Destiny game. So now it's Destiny Two. You start over, and you have no light, meaning basically magic. And yeah. the way that they convey that is that you are just walking super slowly. You, you can't run, uh, stumbling around your character, and you can't do anything. Actually, you have no gun; you can't shoot anything. And it gets a little bit long, maybe. And it's um, I don't know if you want to play that sequence loads of times because then you just annoyed by that you have yeah. no agency a very little agency but uh, like the first time is very very effective uh, mm. and of course the, if you've played with the controller it's, it's, it's rumbling with the, the the pace of your heartbeat and stuff like that and that oh, okay. is um that is very interesting to me to see how you it is actually possible in in other ways to to convey emotion and, and tell an interesting story but i do think that uh in the, the bigger picture video games has had a bit of a problem with, with telling stories uh as deep or as interesting as some of the other media, but we're coming along nicely. And mostly people are just seeing, okay, so maybe the AAA games, they're not supposed to have this a story like that or on that level. Mm. That's not what they're about. They're more about spending a lot of time, And like you said, having fun in the meantime, just like some yeah. movies, are they're, they're not telling much of a story. It's just eating some popcorn and being entertained in the meantime. And that's fine, of course. What is your proudest achievement? <laughs> oh, it's an interesting
0: question. Um, I think, on a certain level, I would say the fact that that um, that after so much time of chasing this dream of being an actor that I'm, I'm still here to talk about it in, in the sense of being, you know, that we're, we're having a conversation about the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm a performer and I do these things and whatever, you know, I think because the, the the road, the path of being a performer is so full of rejection and, um, you know, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not an easy, easy path to follow. And the fact that I'm still here doing it, is probably on a kind of on a meta level. That's, that's the the thing I'm the most proud of you know, like every time I, I, cause I look at it as sort of like, you you know, you're not, you're not guaranteed. Nobody's guaranteed to be able to do something they love as a profession. And so every time I get a new project, every time I get cast in a theater show, every time, um, you know, I I get cast in a, a video game, every time that happens, that's, such a huge success it's it's practically it's a like you know it's it's one of those things that you just have to say like you know that's it's i don't want to use their word miraculous but it's just like the fact that it the fact that it every time that it happens it's like yes this i can't you know it took so much work to get to that place that the the fact that it's still happening and i'm still going with it is is i think that's my most proud achievement
1: <laughs> um yeah, and uh, just to to round off here, do you have any any parting thoughts?
0: Just in general, yeah. Um, Something you'd
1: like to say to to the audience or, or me or oh,
0: I don't know. Be good to each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I don't. Um, I don't know. I, I guess um, I don't have any sort of broad broad. I mean. It, do you want something on the topic of motion capture in general, or, or what we've been talking no, about? No, I or? think
1: we've 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 covered yeah. that uh, definitely. It was maybe I would say
0: um, I'm I'm a big fan of that um, uh, something that Kurt Vonnegut said that's been memified to the ends of the earth. But it, it's something to the effect of: um, if I know one thing, babies, damn it, you've got to be kind. So mm, that's that. a nice quote. Yeah, I that, that's probably not verbatim so <laughs> if you want to write it down look it up but yeah, yeah it's something something along those lines.
1: I'll put it in the show notes the the, the actual quote so people Sounds can good. all the link to it. So where okay. can people find you on the internet and and the social media if they want to say hello or, or hire you? Or...
0: Yeah, yeah, great. Um, my website is www.alexflayman.com mm-hmm. uh and I'm on Twitter at alexflayman and I'm Alex Lehman on Facebook <laughs> um although that's that's sort of a semi it's half and half between being a professional and being a just a personal Facebook page. Okay. Um but yeah, my website and Twitter are the best ways to find me.
1: All right. Well, I definitely think people should uh, reach out to you if they they have need for your skills.
0: I hope they will. Yeah, I'm um yeah, the other thing I guess I can the other parting thought I guess is that uh I'm very much interested in, as I said, motion capture isn't really being used in Denmark at the moment, Um, at least not to a a high degree. And I'm very interested in seeing what I can do to um, use the skills that I have to raise the level of Danish video game making and animation. Um, So if there's anyone out there who wants to talk about that, um, definitely please get in touch.
1: Nice. Well, thank you very much, Alex. It was nice talking to you.
0: Thank you for inviting me. I had a great time.
1: I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Player Characters. If you want to hear more interviews with people working with video games, please subscribe to Player Characters on SoundCloud or iTunes and of course tell all your friends about it. You can find show notes and links on freeplay.co slash playercharacters. That's freeplay.co slash playercharacters. And you can get in touch with me on Twitter at 7 thsun dk that's sun with a u and dk as in the letters d and k thank you